Hey, it's Friday night and the mood is right. Said we gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. TGIF, best thing under sun. Hey, hey, hey. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Welcome to week number 169 of the Two Guys Into Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve. Hey, Travis. Um, hey, guys. Thank you hey. for joining us, everyone. Uh, we're going to do what we do always, but uh, change it up a little because we've got a little bit of different uh, lineup for TGIF this week. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Before we get into that, let's talk about uh, Tony T. Thanks for the uh, theme song this week. Thank you, Tony T. And uh, if you want to make your own theme song, you can do that. You can email it to us. You can email anything to us, tgifcast at gmail.com. And also, while you're doing that, make sure you're following us on all social media at tgifcast. All of the social medias. All of that. Um, so, yeah, we go back. We watch whatever aired on TGIF this week, 30 years ago. This week, we do have a little different lineup. We've got Family Matters. We've got Step by Step. But then uh, no dinosaurs, no Camp Wilder. Instead, we have a very special... Uh, Winnie the Pooh Christmas special. What is Antigua? Winnie 2? the Pooh and Christmas. No, no. Winnie oh. the Pooh and Christmas too. And Christmas too. Um, if you can't tell, I've already lost my notes for this. Uh, it was a big <laughs> event. I went over to Travis's house. It was his kid's birthday party. We had set aside time to watch this together because he only had it on VHS, the original copy of it, not like recorded off the TV, right? Right, right. And uh, we sat there. We made sure to uh, not talk to each other while we were watching it. I, I think I said one thing, like, what did he say? And then I think Travis said, what are those things coming out of the mailbox? But other than that, we were completely alone on our notes, and uh, we left this party. I didn't have any paper or pen, so uh, I think Travis's wife gave me a piece of paper, or maybe I was using her la- notepad or uh, her lap desk or something No, it was like paper that. I grabbed out of the printer. So I left the party with uh, all of the party favors. I folded up a piece of paper. I put it in the console in between the front seats of the car. It has been there ever since. I went to go get it this morning in the rain, pulled it out, but I didn't pull it out because it wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. So either it's still in there and I didn't look hard enough or mm-hmm. it's got crushed down further under the gummy bears or something like that by other pieces of paper that you just shoved into the that console area it's possible but uh yeah. i don't know i can't figure it out. but i remembered enough it's not that crazy right. so i watched I have, watch the whole thing i have my notes yeah it's pretty basic we'll talk about it when we get to it that's the last show but uh we'll get to i got it. my notes I'm um good. but we do like to see what was going on in this week 30 years ago now these are episodes that would have aired sometime in 92 in december yeah, these would have aired December 11th, 1992. Okay, so um, Sports Center was real busy on December 7th because on December 6th, a couple huge uh, sports things happened. Uh, first one, uh, a new record deal for baseball as uh, Barry Bonds signed a uh, deal with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Man, so, and he didn't, the whole home run thing, that happened what? Early after 2000? this, right? Yeah, way after, right? So he signed what, a forty-three has, million dollar deal. I don't know how many years that was for, but uh, came from the yeah, Pirates over to the Giants. He was to play for the Giants for a long time. I feel like it wasn't that. In my mind, it wasn't that long. Like they signed him, he did his home run thing, and then he was like, "I'm out. See you later." But no, he played for them for fourteen years. Wow. Okay. And then uh, also same day, December sixth. I was up late, probably ten thirty p.m. on a school night 
watching Jerry Rice catch the uh, record-setting 101st touchdown in a uh, 27-3 win over the Miami Dolphins. So he broke the record that night, and uh, the record, he, he ended up scoring a whole lot more touchdowns. This is the reception touchdown catches for uh, a receiver, and he still has the record to this day. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, non-sports news, December 9th, uh, the third annual Billboard Music Awards came on, and we have determined that the Billboard Music Awards are pretty much just record sales, right? That's as I can tell. That's what Wikipedia says. And uh, Garth Brooks was the big winner, taking home uh, almost everything. Top artist, uh, album of the year, uh, top pop artist, top country artist. But uh, a group that we're very familiar with because they've been number one for a lot of weeks. Uh, Boys to Men, End of the Road. Boys to Men. Top 100, top 100 singles. Um, anything else to jump out of the list to you? I think Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson's in there a couple of times. He, uh, we've, we've talked about him throughout the year. And then, uh, you know, Cypress Hill winning the best, our top rap songs. So go Cypress Hill. The Funky Feel one? I don't even know what song that is. Yeah, it's not, it's not. A Cypress Hill song that I'm familiar with, but it's not insane in the membrane or the well, or the Spawn soundtrack one, right? Uh, what else? Uh, Joe to see you two, Winona Judd. That's all the winners. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, movies and music? What was number one uh, this week in the charts? Yeah, so movies still Home Alone two last week for that one. So that is gonna wrap up here this week so home alone 2 for the movie song it's uh i will always love you so i will always love you is gonna close out the year with us we're not gonna have any changes there i'm pretty sure it's gonna have a pretty solid run as we go into 1993 as well so i remember being real tired of that song when it came out yeah i mean it's a great song though so understandably number one understandable why you would eventually get sick of it all right uh any birthdays birthdays? No? no no birthdays so let's get into it. This is Family Matters Season 4, Episode 10 or Episode 12, depending on what list you're looking at. The important part is you're watching the Christmas one. It's beginning to look a lot like Urkel is the name of it. It's beginning to look a lot like Urkel. So it starts off, we've got the Winslows. Uh, they're in the living room. They're decorating their tree. Steve Urkel comes in. He's got probably a repurposed uh, jetpack from an earlier season, but instead... definitely. Uh, no, this is the Amazing Sir- Super Urkel Tree Flocker. I think that's what he calls it, right? That's and what he calls it. It's then, a, tr- uh, it's a tree flocker. Carl tells him, get out of here, go home. And Steve's kind of like singing in rhyme, like talking about how awesome this uh, tree flocker is. Eventually, Earl or Carl just uh, gives in, sits in the chair, lets him do his thing. Steve Urkel turns it on. It's working great at first. It's uh, spraying yeah. snow on the tree. And then, of course, in uh, typical Steve Urkel ways, the thing goes crazy. It starts shooting snow all over the room, covering Carl. We get a, did I do that from Steve? And then we got uh, Richie saying, uh, yeah, do it again. And I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a good visual. I really appreciate it. I think my favorite part of this whole gag was Carl, because Carl was sitting down in a chair when this all thing happened. And he's, like, unfazed. He's just sitting there, like, of course, this covered is in snow. Of co- what else would I expect? Like his general, like over it attitude about this whole gag make made it for me that I thought it was, I thought it was solid. Yeah. So that's your intro. We come back after the theme. We're outdoors. Now it looks like outside of the shopping mall. Uh, we see people shopping, coming in and out. Um, 
we see Urkel in his little car. They're still doing that. And uh, Edsel, I had the Edsel for a while. Okay. Um, Laura yeah. comes out of the mall. Steve kind of like drives up slowly to pick her up when she comes out. Uh, tries to take her home, but she's like, "No, I'm not going home with you." And that thing, you need to put it back on your Christmas tree. And uh, he kind of just grabs her bags, walks to the car, trips on the way. I guess slips on the ice a little bit. Right, falls yeah. on top of the bag, breaks everything that's inside of it, and we find out that this was uh, a gift that she had on layaway for her mom. It was a crystal vase, and uh, she's like, Steve Urkel, I mean it for real this time. Get out of my life forever. Yeah, and she and he's like, I, you know, does this whole, I love you so much, and I will always love you no matter what, and she's like, not this time. Like, you're not going to make me feel bad for you this time. Yeah, and she actually says, I wish you knew what it was like to be me. And then Steve Urkel drives off in his car. So then at this point, no. the camera kind of like pans over to the TVs in the window at the mall. What movie is that? Some Is it like A Wonderful Life or something like that? It's A Wonderful Life, yeah. So, um, yeah, because this is a, the plot of this episode is, is you know, essentially based on It's A Wonderful Life. So the camera pans over to the TVs. We see that that's on the TV. They go back to Laura. She's sitting down on the bench uh, in front of the mall, I guess, for the bus or whatever. And then we see a man just appear on the bench next to her. And he knows her name, and he says that he is her guardian angel. He is. Tyrone. Tyrone P. Jackson. Tyrone P. Jackson. She doesn't believe it. He starts, like, teleporting all over the screen um, and then shows her after telling her that he's her guardian angel, that he's got this remote control, uh, which he took from the set of uh, Hi Honey, I'm Home, and uh, (laughs) he can use it to control everything that's going on. So he shows her, like, rewind and fast forward and pause. Well, he, like, pauses the snow and pauses the people around her and, yeah, all that stuff. Um, And he was sent there to grant her a wish. Um, So here's the funny thing. He's sent there to grant her a wish, but... Really, he is sent there to more oversee the wish she already asked for. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. And the wish that he's there to grant is that uh, Steve Urkel could find out what it's like to be her. That's what she wished for. Yes. So that's why he's there. And then he um, goes back over to the TVs with his remote control and changes the channel to what looks like inside of the Winslow house. It is inside of the Winslow house. It is. Um, yes. We see Carl, we see Eddie, they're decorating still. He does make a joke that they are, it's on the Angel Broadcasting Channel. Oh, yeah, so ABC. A- ABC, yeah. Um, Eddie's asking his dad for some money, and then uh, Steve walks in. But Steve's not dressed all nerdy like he normally is. He's, uh, he's talking differently, he's dressed differently, he's no longer a super nerd, but instead, coming in the front door, is Laura, who is now the Steve Urkel role, and I will tell you, she nails it through this episode. She does. So, yeah, so a couple things. So Steve is actually, like, in the house. They kind of preface with, like, oh, it's Steve, your brother. You know, he's so he's so good and successful. Why can't you be better, Eddie? Um, and we when when Steve comes from downstairs, he's talking in a normal voice, normal guy, normal clothes. Like, he is Jaleel White just being, you know, a kid. And, uh, yeah, and then Laura comes in. And like you said, she is dead on. Like, her voice in some of these scenes, like, the laughs and, like, the snorts and stuff, like, I could have closed my eyes and honestly thought it was Julia White doing this at a couple points. 
I don't know about that. No, I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's that good, I think. I mean, it's that good, but she's also got, I don't know, I'm just saying because she's got like the feminine voice as opposed to his more like. Well, that's what I'm talking about, like the laughs and the grunts and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, every, all, she nails the mannerisms, nails the mannerisms. Yeah. So, so what's going on is um, this guardian angel has switched everything around, made, uh, made Laura Steve Urkel pretty much. Like, uh, so right. that way she can see what it's like being Steve, like putting her in the exact role. It gives her the same like emotion. So she's obsessed with with Steve, with the non-nerd Steve. And and non-nerd Steve is is, you know, dismissive and kind of mean to Laura Urkel. Yeah, and then they go back uh to the streets at the mall. Uh we see the Guardian Angel um using the oh, I guess this is that was I'm I'm jumping around. But uh um, Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few things that happen here. So um, so she's like comes in and she's like doing the heavy flirting with Steve, like Steve does with her. Uh, and Steve says, you know, go away. And she's happy because he didn't call her uh, like a, a dog or whatever. A pig face, I think is what it was. And she does the whole, I'm wearing you down line. She does that bit. Uh, and then of course, Harriet comes in and she's got a giant, giant gingerbread, like mansion that they have made. Yeah. She said and, she spent the last two days on it. And yeah. uh, Harriet tells Laura, who's, Steve pretty much uh, to go home. Uh, Laura, of course, doesn't want to go home. She kind of starts telling like a little joke, ends up like smacking, uh, I think, Eddie on the back. Or no, Steve, like on the, Steve on the back, who then bumps into Carl and Eddie, who all three of them end up crashing onto the table, breaking the table, and of course, breaking this gingerbread house that uh, Harriet has been working on for days. Correct. So um, Laura at this point tells Steve that... Uh, one day uh, she'll love him. Like the same thing that Steve always It's, it's all the same stuff. Yeah, that Steve says. Yeah, one day you're going to love me. I, I'll love you forever kind of stuff. Um, but the uh, Urkel character is completely not interested. Well, I guess not Urkel. Steve Winslow, I Steve guess. Steve Winslow, yeah. Um, tells her to get out of his life forever and then kicks her out of the house. And as she's leaving, she says, I'll go, but I'll never stop loving you. And then we get a sad lore out the door. Steve uh, Winslow slams the door. And then we see all the snow from the roof fall on top of uh, Laura Urkel. Which is not the first time this has happened with this roof. So I'm wondering, first of all, they've definitely got some kind of contraption that they're getting their monies out of out of here again. Mm-hmm. Where, look, we can make stuff fall off the roof. Let's do it often. Uh, but also, they should just fix the roof. It seems like just dangerous to have a have it, you know, easily, easily knocked off snow. Chicago, Chicago. there's a lot of snow. Um, yeah. So we go back to uh, the guardian angel who's now using the remote to bring her back to the mall. Um, she's now realized what it's like being Steve. And uh, she says that she wishes that she wasn't so mean to Steve. And then the guardian angel says, well, you know what? That's the wish I'm actually here to grant. And then uh, he's like, what I can do is use this remote. I can send you back in time and then you can uh, be nice to Steve Urkel. Exactly. So that's what he does. Rewinds it. They go back to right where he fell on the vase, and instead of being mean and mad that he fell and broke it, she's nice to him. She says it's okay, and actually invites Steve Urkel over for uh, to celebrate Christmas Eve with the family. Yeah, to have dinner. They hop in the car, they drive away, and I guess technically that's the end of the episode, but we get a nice long extended credit episode or uh, scene. Right. So they're all lighting the tree inside. Um, the the star on the top of the tree is not lighting though for some reason and the family's like oh don't worry about it we'll we'll 
we'll be fine. It looks great without it. So then Steve tells Laura to uh, follow him in the kitchen. And Laura tells Steve that her feelings for him have actually changed. From now on, she's going to try real hard not to hurt his feelings. Well, what Steve says is, hey, look, I've noticed something. Either your feelings for me have changed or you're having a nervous breakdown. And that's yeah. what Laura says. Well, that's my, you know, my feelings for you have changed. Yeah. I try not to hurt you anymore. So um, then... So Richie calls them back into the den. He's like, the light, the the star, it's, li- it's lighting up. And this is a whole play because Tyrone had said that, uh, you know, when angels get their wings, the star will, a star will light up. And which is, you know, a wonderful life to say uh, every time a, a bell rings, a, uh, an angel gets its wings. And so, um, so this is a play on that. And so now the star is lit up because Laura has told Steve that she's going to be nice to him, has learned her lesson. And, uh, Laura says, well, it must mean my guardian angel got his wings, which, and Steve says she must be having a nervous breakdown. And the star is shining, like, super bright. It's, like, blinding the entire room. Yep, and then, we, of course, uh, like we've seen before, I think, on another past Family Matters Christmas episode, we've got Rachel leading a uh, Christmas carol with the entire family, and we get the entire yeah. song through the credits, uh, and that's how the whole thing wraps up. Well, and then it pans out of the house and you see them through the window celebrating Christmas and then they kind of freeze frame that into a border oh, yeah, of a, little a Christmas card, card Christmas happy, card thing. happy holidays from the Winslows and all that good stuff. Yep. So that's it. That's your uh, Christmas Family Matters episode. Then we go right to 830. It's Step by Step, Season 2, Episode 12. Boys Will Be Boys is the name of this one. And it starts off, uh, we've got a storm outside. It's not snowing. Uh, it's lightning. It's thundering. And uh, we see Dana get home. She's got a raincoat on. Um, she tells her parents, Cody's out there trying to uh, jumpstart his van with a kite. <laughs> and they're like, what? And then you hear thunder. You hear the van start. You hear a little bit of a scream. And then Cody comes in, obviously electrocuted by this kite like Ben Franklin. Uh, the kite is all burned up. Burned out, yeah. And... Uh, He's like, well, got my van started. What a rush. And uh, that's the intro, pretty much. Of course, of course, they're big wrestling fans, and he had to mention the Road Warriors. Yeah. Uh, theme song. We come back. We've got uh, the kids are watching Roller the Derby. The Lambert kids, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cody comes in, thinks they should watch. Did the- you watch Roller Derby when you were a kid? I assume you did, right? So I have, like, a relative who was one of the top, like, Roller Derby stars. Did you watch it? Not really. It wasn't. I don't remember really being on when I was a kid. Like I think. Oh it's really? I remember watching it all the time when I was a kid. Like on, on what year? I couldn't tell you. 90s? What years? Like, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it was in the nineties. Like I remember being real young, so probably like late eighties, maybe into the early nineties. But I definitely remember more of like being a really young kid, so probably late eighties. Yeah. But I watched it a lot. I mean, it was on. I, I watched it a lot. And they were like new episodes. It wasn't like from the sixties or something. No, definitely not that old. They were definitely from that that era. Okay. But I don't know. Like, I, don't know if I didn't, I didn't watch it. It was something I got into later. later. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, they're watching Derby. Cody thinks they should watch Three Stooges as well. The doorbell rings. It's a man telling Cody that he's really lucky. <laughs> and then Cody shuts the door and he's like, oh, that was nice. What a small neighborhood. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good bit. This was a good Cody bit. Um, he goes back the doorbell rings again he goes back to answer it again he's like oh deja vu and uh, this time the guy's actually able to get out the reason why he's there is uh, Cody won the free holiday turkey raffle and he's Cody's of course really excited and then this man walks in a live turkey 
It seems so ridiculous. I mean, it is. Ridiculous. It's very it's ridiculous, ridiculous because it's, it's meant to be ridiculous. His explanation but. is like, yeah, for some reason, what we do is uh, we deliver it live to your house, and then you have to keep it for like a week or two, and then you bring <laughs> it back to us, and then we butcher it. Why not just keep it and butcher it for him I've right there? But the, no fact, the, the best part is like the neighbors won the brunch. Was it a br- no baking contest? And he's got some live pigs. He's got to drop to them. Yeah. So then we go to the kitchen. We've got Frank telling Carol that his old friend Scooter's coming over, and uh, he's at the Texaco station up the street. He'll be here in a couple minutes. Two minutes. Um, have we had an episode like that with Frank before, where he had like an old friend come in? Uh, I don't know why it sounded somebody. familiar to me. I mean, this is a common trope. Um, yeah. I feel I, mean, I feel like we've got this probably more than once on Full House, but okay. not, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe like one of Jesse's friends or something. Was Definitely got friends. somewhere where like Jesse's friends were part of the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Scooter walks into the kitchen. He just walked into the front door. He's like, oh, it's uh, it's Frank's house. I just do whatever I want. And Scooter, we have seen before twice. He was, you might not remember this character. He was in a couple episodes of Baby Talk. Arnie, he was like the assistant for the boss in the first season of baby talk okay. if that makes any sense so maggie's boss is uh wait no that's not not baby talk i'm sorry i'm sorry going places he was the assistant to the boss in going places so the like network executive guy that yeah. they had to yeah, deal yeah, with yeah 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 and then he was also the bellman so the episode a couple couple weeks back or no i think it was last season where they go on vacation for and this is in step by step where frank and carol leave the kids at home and frank throws his back out he mm-hmm. is the bellman that like brings them up to their hotel room and gets them all settled in. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, this guy's already annoying Carol, like everything he's doing. I mean, he's like picking up apples and like starting to bite them and just like, acting he's also like just kind of a jerk. He's he a says, jerk. Like misogynistic things to her. And he kind of like flirts with her right there in front of Frank. It's just, there's a lot of, he's like, Oh yeah. What's Frank is mine. Frank's is mine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a jerk. So, I think uh, then we go to another scene a little later. Uh, it's back in the kitchen again. And, we get a uh, lot of this in this episode where it's kind of just like cuts to 12 hours later or cuts, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Mark's teaching Brendan the right way to set a table. Carol comes in from the salon and then Frank and Scooter get home. And Well, uh, she asked where he is. They're kind of established that Frank is, is past his past his curfew. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Frank and Scooter drove all the way up to Sheboygan to uh, see their old stomping ground where they put the uh, principal's car under cement in the uh, parking lot, and it's still there. (laughs) And uh, Carol is uh, a little mad because it's time for dinner, and we find out that uh, they just had lunch uh, a few minutes ago, it seems. They already ate, basically. So she's mad at him, um, especially because this was like a special dinner that she was cooking because Scooter was in town. And uh, you see, like, Carol take uh, Frank into the living room, and you also see Scooter, like, pulling Brendan and Mark aside to tell them something while they go and talk in the living room. Yeah, he's, like, whispering to him. So Carol's all mad, tells him that she she did all this stuff for him, and he didn't respect anything, just did whatever he wanted. And uh, she does not want Scooter to be a bad example for the kids. Yeah, I think that's her her key message is that she's afraid that Scooter can be a bad influence. And as she says this, Mark comes out of the uh, kitchen. He's like, guess what Scooter taught me? How to burp my name. And he just does a perfect Mark. It's tough. It looked like it could have been a real burp, too. I believed it. I, I will believe it. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, Brendan comes out. He's like, Scooter taught me a magic trick. Hey, Carol, pull my finger. And then Frank's like, no, don't. And, uh, yeah, obviously she's mad about what's going on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, next scene is uh, Scooter and Frank getting home at 3 o'clock in the morning. Maybe the same Stum- night. Stumbling in the dark house. Uh, Scooter's drunk. He grabs the uh, coat rack. They're talking about everything that happened and uh, how... Frank's like, you got to be quiet. And he, and then, of course, Scooter's like, why? Because the old lady's going to hear you. And then the light turns on. Carol's uh, sitting right there on the couch uh, as they get home. Yep. Turns out they went to the Boom Boom Room. Yep. They went to the Boom Boom Room, which is not a strip club, by the way. Because a strip it's club, a nude, you nude start, dance club? Yeah, a strip club, you start with your clothes on. This place, you just they just never have clothes on. <laughs> And uh, she's real angry. She goes upstairs. Frank gets a little mad at Scooter. He follows uh, Carol upstairs and kind of uh, starts blaming Scooter for everything. Like, well, this was his idea. He said he needed to use the bathroom. He went in there. I went in there after him. Uh, He took my car keys. He threw him into the mud pit. And she's like, why didn't you just go in the mud pit? He's like, well, it's $25. And those girls are big in there. So here's the thing. I believe frank here i believe that frank yeah. was good intended and that he just got stuck with this jerk who was was not help being helpful yeah i mean at the same time though i mean he probably could have just left them there if he really wanted to i mean I what about the keys though the keys are and, well, so he didn't he go in with like, the keys he came when frank went in there to go get him that's when the key y- thing happened yeah 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 but that's what i'm saying he like, didn't that, need to go that, in there at all really Oh, you're saying he should have just, just left drove at away. that point. When he was in there for 30 minutes and he didn't come That's out. That's tough, though. Like, if your friend's like, I gotta go to the bathroom, pull over. I mean, obviously, the boom boom room is not the best place but, to take a, a pit stop. But with this but... friend, I mean, you know, he already knows about him. Like, this is the guy who bounces around <laughs> all over the place, town There's to no town, cell showing up. He can There's walk no to cell Texaco. Phone. Like, leaving him is kind of the equivalent of abandoning him. It's a bad thing. Him. He's in a bad situation, either way. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it's escalated to the point of just leaving him at a location yet yeah, this might this might give him cause next time but I, I don't know it's tough yeah so carol just tells frank i want you to tell him to leave he he's done and frank's like i can't do that he's like and it's only going to be two more days and she's like all right i guess i can live with that and then drunk scooter walks into the room uh with the coat rack from downstairs just uh yep being annoying again. yeah being annoying so then we get a scene with uh, Cody still dealing with that turkey. He's in the backyard. Um, Dana comes back there. Cody's in a little dilemma. Uh, it seems I was a little confused about their roles in this because Cody's the one who doesn't know what to do. He doesn't really want to kill this turkey, right? Right. And Dana's like, eh, it's just uh, two drumsticks and some white meat. Who cares? Like, I thought Dana was always like the environmental. Like, uh... I think that that develops more throughout the throughout the series because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right like she goes like vegetarian and like is very very much she's more, not there yet uh, though i don't think she's there yet maybe funny, it was funny. elmer the turkey maybe elmer the turkey did it for her maybe this turned it all around yeah yeah maybe so funny rabbit hole here um so i learned a couple things first of all i didn't realize that uh sasa mitchell was also on dallas that learned that in this episode did not know that yeah did not know that he uh he evidently was the he was uh Frank's, uh, you know, Patrick Duffy's character's nephew in that show, which is, again, ironic. So the other thing that's interesting, funny here is that he says that him and Elmer were watching Knott's Landing the night before. And that's when he realized that that Elmer was not ready to become food because Elmer went quiet during the stovetop stuffing commercial. 
Knott's Landing is a spinoff of Dallas. Hmm. So, or no, excuse me, other way around. Dallas is a spinoff of Knott's Landing. So there's a whole lot of meta going on in this in this scene. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, he doesn't want to kill Elmer, uh, and Dana doesn't see what the big deal is. So the yeah. next scene, uh, we've got Frank. Well, the other thing too is, he, is she said he she says you know this is the point. Turkeys are are bred to be killed and eaten as food. And they, or Cody's takeaway from that is, well, we just need to find a new job for him. Then we need to find him something else to do. Yeah. Uh, we then see Frank waking up Scooter on the couch. Uh, and then Frank's like, Scooter, you kind of need to calm down. Like, you're a little too much. You're too much for the kids. You're too much for Carol. Um, and uh, Scooter's like, well, you know what? Let's do this. I know Carol's upset. Why don't you stay here? You patch things up with Carol. I'll take JT out for some burgers, and then we'll make everything better. He's like, you know what? That's a good idea. So that's where we go. Well, no, we don't go there because the next scene is literally them coming back from being out. Uh, Scooter took JT to the Boom Boom Room. Uh, well, well, he did take him to his old high school, and then he took him to get some ice cream for lunch, which I thought was going to be the bad thing. And then we find out he took him to the Boom Boom Room. It gets worse, yeah. Goes to the boom boom room. Uh, something Frank probably wanted to do with JT, not have Scooter do it. And uh, Frank's like, JT, go upstairs. And then Frank gets real mad, yelling at Scooter, tells him uh, <clears throat> he needs to uh, chill out just because he doesn't like what his life is like. Um, doesn't mean that Frank doesn't have a great life. Like, he loves his wife. He loves his family. Like, everything is great for him right now. And Scooter's like, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna go. I'll go back to. Well, there's also a lot of conversation here about how not just how great his wife is, but how much of a difference Carol has made in his life. Yeah, help him get his stuff together, help him really like get the family on track. And he says a whole lot of nice things about Carol. At this yeah, point. yeah, really sticks. He sticks up for her when you know Scooter has been really dogging on her for the entire time. So Scooter says he's going back to Denver. Um, Frank tells him, you know what, that's probably best. And then Scooter goes out the front door. Um, this is a much more emotional ep- like two minute scene here that than, I'm making than, it well yeah but it's hard to like really convey it but the, the kind of the gist here is that this is like two grown men who have been friends their entire life who just realize that they are in very different places as adults and they probably will not see each other again ever if anytime soon you know so do we see him ever again on step by step no no Mm-mm. that's it see, no. see a scooter um so he leaves uh, and then Carol walks out from the uh, kitchen. She heard it all. She listened. She was listening. Eventually she revealed she was listening through the, through the vent, but uh, she appreciates everything that Frank said about her, how much he stuck up for her, all these nice things. And then she tells him how much uh, he means to her and like the same thing, like he really changed her life and how great everything yep. is. The two of them kiss uh, and then she invites him upstairs to the boom boom room. To the boom boom room. Yep. Uh, we do get a credit scene. I thought it was going to be another turkey scene. It was not. It's instead uh, <laughs> Carol reading a Christmas card from Edna and Stan, which was just like a weird card, like telling about. It's like awful. Every bad thing that could happen to Edna and Stan, the family and the pets happened. Yeah. That's it. That's your uh, that's your bonus credit scene for this week. Yeah. Um, do you want me to take the lead on Winnie the Pooh and Christmas too? Yeah, probably makes sense. So, um, what do I remember? How does it start? Well, so it starts with this kind of like sparkly magical snowflake falling to earth and Tigger jumps up and eats it. And it's this scene where Christopher Robbins is asking all of the, you know, hundred acre woods animals what they want for Christmas. 
Um, and they all go around and, and rabbit wants a, a fly swatter to kill the bugs in his house. And, and, uh, Eeyore wants a, or excuse me, not, Eeyore wants a house. Tigger wants to jump something to help him jump in the snow. I can't remember what piglet said he wanted. And then Pooh's like, I don't know. I guess I, I just don't really need anything. They're like, all right, whatever. And Christopher Robin's like, all I want is a sled that I can share with my friends and we can go sledding. So they write this all down on a letter to Santa. Um, and then they throw it on the ground and and litter in the hundred acre woods. Well, what they do, really what they do is they throw it in the air and the air like takes it away because the wind is going to take it up to the North Pole. Does that sound good so far, Steve? You with me? Yeah, except for uh, this wind thing is a little unbelievable. Well, I mean, yeah, it's also five talking animals, but... Cartoon um, talking animals, too. That are actually stuffed animals talking animals. Um, so uh, then we go to Pooh's house. Piglet shows up. Pooh is putting up his Christmas tree, which is just a drawing of a Christmas tree on the wall. He hammers in, I think it was a bow um, on the top. And yeah, I felt a little bad for that Christmas tree. Yeah, I mean, it was it was circa, you know, Charlie Brown's sad Christmas tree. Why doesn't Christopher kind of Robin throw Pooh like 20 bucks and get him a tree or something? I don't know. He probably doesn't have any money. He's like a 10-year-old kid. Um, I don't know. The end of the episode is... makes me think differently. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Pooh is doesn't have any presents under the tree, and he's kind of sad about that. Then Piglet reminds him, "Well, you didn't ask for any presents." And there's a, they both get real worried now that they're not that Pooh's not going to get any presents because he didn't ask for anything. And they've already sent the letter to Santa. Yeah, Pooh's so, just a nice guy. I mean, he was making this list. Well, well when Christopher yeah. Robin was making his list, like Pooh just kept recommending gifts for everyone else and didn't even give yeah, uh, yeah. Christopher Robin anything for himself. Pooh's got all everything he needs. Um, anyway, so then they can decide that Pooh is going to go and snoop, swoop into the sky and grab this letter before Santa gets it so that he can add his gifts and the world will be okay. So cut to them on the, uh, the edge of this cliff where they sent the letter out and they're trying to blow up this balloon so they can use it to get to the letter. And that ends up blowing up piglet. Uh, the air goes in the balloon and then back out of the balloon into piglet. He becomes a, a balloon himself. They fly up into the sky and fall into the snow. They get. They do end up getting. They the don't letter. last very long in the sky, by the way. It's just no, like, but that, they, they last, go like they get forty all, feet or something, and then they crash in the ground. Which seems to be about as far as the letter made it. Well, um, exactly as far as the letter the made it, right? Right. Um, so they get the letter. They realize they don't have a pencil to write anything additional to the letter. So they go to Rabbit's house to see if Rabbit has one. This is where I got a little confused about what kind of animals we're dealing with here, because at Rabbit's house, he brings in his Christmas tree. And a bunch of these, I'm just going to call them bugs because they're really nondescript oh, okay. bugs. Yeah, I um, I, I remember you saying out loud, like, what are those things? And I was like, I'm going to go with shellless turtles is what they look like. <laughs> That's what they look like. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're supposed to be termites. It seemed like they're whole But we do find just... out later in the episode they are, in fact, bugs. Like, they don't say well, what just kind of bugs, but they're but bugs. They're bugs. Right. Yeah. And I assume, I don't remember a lot of the Winnie the Pooh from when I was a kid, but I imagine this is something that Rabbit deals with frequently. Oh, these like bugs. recurring bugs. Yeah, it seems like their gimmick is they eat his food, specifically his carrots, and that is kind of his, they're his nemesis. And his Christmas tree at this point. Right, right. So Rabbit goes after these bugs. Tigger stops by at that same time and says, you know, Rabbit, Santa would not like to see you hurting these bugs. Uh, so Rabbit, um, I don't know what this says. Doesn't he get some like spray uh, I think or it's something? A, I think it says that he did, Rabbit decides that he needs to get Pooh two pots of honey for Christmas because Pooh didn't ask for anything. 
Um, Did the bugs chase Rabbit out of the house at this point, or is that later? There's on? a whole thing. Like he chases them out of the house, and then I think when he's out of the house, they run back into the house and hide in the Christmas tree. Okay. So everybody's there now. They're all talking about the fact that Pooh isn't getting anything. That everyone just asks for stuff for other people, and then they also realize that it is half past the day before Christmas. So they've got like no time to make this situation right. Um, so they go to the weather vane to throw the, the rewritten letter back into the wind, hoping that it'll get to Santa in time. The weather, blane, weather vane, though, is blowing all over the place. It's not blowing north. It's blowing just in every direction. They throw the letter into the wind anyways, and, of course, it, it falls back to them and gets uh, and, and doesn't make it to, to Santa. Um, next part of this thing is they, they want to get a tree for Pooh's house, a prop, or I guess a proper tree for, for 100 Acre Woods. Uh, they go to Gopher, see if Gopher can help. Gopher does. They have a tree now. They all go home for the night. Eeyore's hanging in the tree like an ornament. And then the, this letter is still blowing around. Yeah, and this tree, wind. I mean, this tree is like bigger than every tree in the forest. Like, yeah, like I mean, Rabbit wanted into... the biggest tree he could get to right. make sure that right. Santa saw it. And like, yeah, the ornaments are the size of Eeyore. That's his, That's how big well, all the ornaments in, yeah, in the tree. are in this tree. So. Yeah. Gives you an idea of how big the tree is because Eeyore is the same size as an ornament would be on a regular size tree. Right, right, right. And then, uh, and so it's it's too big for anyone's hovel, so it's like in the middle of you know the little area. Um, then we so we're back at Pooh's house. Everyone's asleep. We see well, not everyone yet. We see the letter kind of flying in the air still, and it slides under Pooh's door right as Pooh walks in. Um, Pooh gets it, gives us a good oh bother takes it to piglet's house and they're going to figure out a way to make this whole this whole gift thing work is this uh, so Pooh already said he was going to walk to the north pole by himself did that already happen or is that here uh it might be here it might be here um but regardless what Pooh and piglet decide to do is they're going to figure out a way to get these gifts for the rest of their friends so we cut to tigger's house he's sleeping there's a knock on the door it's santa claus it's actually Pooh dressed as Santa Claus. I was real tricked by him. Uh, Were you real? Uh, you you mean when you saw, you're like, is that Winnie the Pooh? Is or that, is that Santa? A, is that really Santa Claus? I don't know. Uh, it turns out it was, in fact, Pooh. Uh, so, so Tigger's like, well, wait a second. Santa Claus is supposed to come down the chimney. This whole front door thing isn't working for me. So <laughs> Pooh climbs on top of his house, Tigger's house, comes down the chimney. Of course, does the whole get stuck, but out the chimney thing. Gives gives Tigger his present, and then Tigger shoots him back up the chimney when he leaves. Tigger is opening the present now, and it's a super duper bouncer bouncer, which is just a barrel with a giant spring attached to a boot. Yeah, I mean, I expected this thing to work pretty well. It did for a minute, and then it just and breaks then, all over the place. And then right? it breaks. Yep. Well, then we cut to Rabbit's house. Rabbit, uh, the bugs are eating all of his food as expected. Santa Pooh climbs in the window. Drops a bag, leaves out the window, very, very, you know, very stereotypically, and then what rabbit was opens gift? it. It's a teapot with a gas pump, so he can basically gas out all oh, the yeah. all the bugs. Uh, oh, th- this is when the bugs again chase, chase rabbit out. out of the house. Yeah, and that and we see Tigger outside. Tigger's got the the metal parts of the barrel wrapped around him. It's a whole mess. They find Eeyore. Eeyore's Everyone's presents up, are breaking he's like all over the place. stuck inside of a suitcase. Um, and then at this point, they decide that they have to stop Santa 
before before it's too and late. And that suitcase was supposed to be Eeyore's new house. Like that's what he new wanted house. for uh, for Christmas. But right to keep the snow off of him. Pooh just gave him a suitcase and uh, doesn't work very well. Right, right, right. So we cut to Pooh. He's pulling a sled. Our Piglet's pulling the the Christmas sled. And as he's as they're trying to get up, the that's snow, what Christopher Robin wanted for Christmas was a sled that could hold sled, that could hold right. all of his friends on it. Right, right. As they're doing this, Christopher Robin swoops in on his brand new nice sled that he got from Santa Claus. Uh, in the real world, all the group finds him, and that's when they uh, they they uh, start handing out the presents, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, the other animals realize it's Santa's poo, and then at this is when this is when they're back at the weather vane because Christopher Robin's there with them, and Pooh says that he is going to just walk the letter to the North Pole. Um, as he does it, the as he's on his way to start, the letter blows out of his hand, um, and they're at the Christmas tree. They, man, I'm confused here. Hold on a second. Let me read my notes here. Oh, as the letter blows out of his hand, Pooh's going to go to the, still going to go to the North Pole. And at the Christmas tree is the rest of the group. And they're all just sad because Pooh is now gone to the North Pole. That's right. As opposed to hanging out with them on Christmas. Uh, just as they're like kind of all, you know, being sad about that, Pooh shows back up at the top of the hill. And then Christopher Robbins, oh, man, I messed up. Earlier, Christopher Robbins did not come in on a sled. It's what you're talking about. This was just the sled they were going to give to Christopher Robbins because now that they're all the Christmas tree is when Christopher Robin comes back down um, with all the gifts for the friends and gives them all the stuff that they wanted for Christmas. And everyone talks about how Pooh thinks that being with his friends is the nicest gift that he could have. How sweet. That was a bit of a mess. Uh, But we we got through it. And just a couple of notes about this. So this this special first aired in 1991 on ABC, uh, and then they played it pretty much every year for for a while. This episode would have so it's only a half hour episode, or I guess kind of special that they did, but it was slated for an hour. So they filled it with um, at the end of it they did a behind the scenes look at the at the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, because I was wondering what a, was taking up the rest of the time for TGI. Yeah yeah yeah. So there was a, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, behind the scenes look and then a documentary on the making of Aladdin which was about to come out uh, shortly after after this you know right around this time is that cartoon Aladdin Disney cartoon Aladdin that yeah. came out in like 93 94 93 I guess mm, yeah and beginning of 93 yeah beginning of 93 okay I don't know why I thought that movie was older than that no it, it's that's about right okay I mean that is right yeah it, that's when it came out so so yeah so that's it it was you know Winnie the Pooh all right you want to rank them for this week? I know it's a little weird because we got Winnie the Pooh in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put Winnie the Pooh at three. Just don't care. Um, and I I don't know. I guess I'll do Step by Step at two and Family Matters at one. I thought Family Matters was a good, good that, Christmas That's episode. what I have. I have the same thing. I mean, sure, it wasn't the most creative, like, storyline. But, I mean, Laura as Steve just did it for me. Like, I mean, Yeah, that, that definitely was the highlight. Also, Steve as, like, a normal kid was kind of fun to see. Yeah, uh, and then I, I also like that that scene with Carl when he's covered in snow. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good family matters for sure. Number it's one, e- easily for me. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, so uh, what do we have coming up next week on the show? Yeah, so next week we have another short week as we get ready for the holidays. So, uh, family matters step by step reruns, dinosaur season three episode ten, and Camp Wilder season one episode twelve. Got it. Um, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIF Cast. Uh, thank you once again. Do you remember who did the theme song this week? Tony T, I believe. Yeah, Tony the... T. Thanks for the theme song. You can send yours into 
tgifcast at gmail.com. And uh, we got back for a little short week next week. And I guess we can confirm, too, that we've got a pretty cool interview coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. We got a full rerun week that week at Christmas and New Year's. So we got a really, really solid interview. I'm excited. It was, we could say it, who it is. I mean, she's confirmed. She's going to do it. We've already, Yeah, I mean, we've already done it. So <laughs> Yeah, or we could just say we already did it because we did. Uh, we did. Megan uh, Haldeman, is that right? Haldeman, Haldeman, yeah. She's uh, Melissa in Camp Wilder. Um, she, Great, great interview. Super yeah, funny. So fun. Some inside so fun. stuff on Camp Wilder and just uh, acting as a kid and what it's like. And uh, I definitely suggest that you catch that one when we uh, put it up. And uh, it will be on YouTube as well. We got a video version of it. Yeah, it's a really I, it's, honestly, I'm just gonna say it's one of my favorite interviews we've done. It was yeah, really she's great. She's great. Good time. All right. So, um, yep. Check that out. Follow us on social media so you can see exactly when that comes up. And then uh, we'll have a whole bunch of cool stuff for you uh, next year as well. Cool. Cool. Well. Uh, have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Hey, it's Friday night and the mood is right. Said we gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. TGIF, best thing under the sun. Hey, hey. That's the way it goes. Yeah. TBA podcast.